Good morning, ladies. My name is Sarah Sherman. Um, I'm just going to get these semi-organized. If you ever want to make yourself nervous speaking, choose the night before to wear white linen pants. And remember that you let your kids use your iron for a crayon project uh, like a week before. And then, yeah, try to get them both to school and childcare without spilling on said pants and add in a strapless bra and then you're me. So I'll be good. Just give me a second. So my verse is Deuteronomy 6, 7. Um, I'm do happy homes, so that's like how we impress the Bible upon our children. Uh, Deuteronomy 6, 7 states, impress them on your children. Talk about them when you sit at home and when you walk along the road, when, when you lie down and when you get up. As moms, we are most likely the person who is around our children the most often. We are with them at home, walking them to school, putting them to bed, getting up with them at the crack of dawn. That, that is us. We are their taxi drivers, their chefs, their teachers, the ones who put them back in bed for the 12th time at night, and we are their confidants. Through the many hats we wear as mothers, we have many opportunities to teach our children per God's request, to impress these commands upon our children, and to teach them to love the Lord as we should, we must first love the Lord ourselves and ourselves follow his instruction. Four ways to develop our relationship with God and to teach our children to do the same are first, to read his word. Second, pray, pray, pray. Third, forgive and ask forgiveness. And fourth, parent with grace. The first thing I'm going to mention is reading God's word. Second Timothy three sixteen and 17 says, All scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness, that the man of God may be competent, equipped for every good work. So how can we teach, train, and correct our children if we are not familiar with God's word ourselves? There are many different options for teaching our children God's word. There's different options for different ages and different interests. Up here, you'll see some examples of different Bibles you can get to do with your children. The middle one, the Princess Bible, was just given to my daughter Riley for her second birthday by our dear friend Abigail Pindrak. And I must say it's my girl's current favorite. I have two little girls, so of course the Princess Bible very much appeals to them. But there are lots of other options for older children, um, and even if you have a variety of ages. So um, there's the Brick Bible, which is Lego-themed. There's also the Jesus Storybook Bible. And, you know, there's many student Bibles, study Bibles, um, and a variety of family devotional books. Um, Personally, in high school, I challenged myself to read, like, a student Bible that had a three-year plan for completing the whole Bible. It admittedly took me more like five years, and I was in college before I finished it. But following the plan and being able to check off each verse in each chapter made me feel like I wouldn't miss any, any part of the Bible, and it helped me to read the whole thing in my own time. So as your children are learning to read, I suggest you have them read his word to you. I mean, it would probably need to be something that they can read. You know, some of the words are a little bit more difficult for uh, younger kids, but that's a good way to learn. Also, scripture cards where they memorize small bits of scripture at a time. And again, family devotional books. Second, pray, pray, pray. 
teach your children both how to pray and pray with your children. We pray as a family at meals and at bedtime, and we have our children help choose whom or what to pray for. Since my littles are two and four, we sometimes pray for Barbie or Disney World. (laughs) Just being honest. (laughs) But we have to embrace their requests. Like we pray that everyone has safe travels to or from Disney World and that they come together as a family in the time they're getting to spend together. Or we pray that we are thankful that we have toys like Barbie to play with. So three ideas for teaching kids how to pray, which are on there. Um, The first is a prayer pail. You and your kids together write out the names of everyone you feel you should pray for on popsicle sticks. You stick them in the pail. You pick three a night, and you pray for those three people. You can either stick those sticks back in and then just pick three new every night or finish the whole bucket, then start over. And always add anyone that comes up along the way. The second is the five-finger prayer model. I got this from motheringfromscratch.com. You put your hands together as if you're going to pray. The thumb is the closest finger to you, so you pray for those who are close to you, your parents, your siblings, your extended family and friends. Next is your pointer finger, so you pray for those who teach you, instruct you, and heal you. They need our prayers to help others. The tallest finger, our middle finger, we pray for our leaders and others in authority. Pray that God grants them guidance, and for children, this could be your parents as well. The ring finger is our weakest finger, so that is the pray for the weakest among us, the hurt, the lonely, the sick. Remember what Jesus said about the least of these? Well, this is where you honor him by praying for them. And the pinky, which goes last, is the smallest finger. Your pinky should remind you to pray for yourself. We gain perspective when we put others first. That's why we should pray for ourselves last. I think that's good with children because often the prayers come in request form. And it's often, please let me get the newest Shopkins or whatever thing that is at the time. And I think, you know, we we discuss that. And um, if we go last, it helps put in perspective all the other things we should be praying for. The third method I would recommend is the ACTS method, which is what we do here at Rio. It's adoration, confession, thanksgiving, and supplication. ACTS comes from Matthew 6, 9 through 13, which is the Lord's Prayer. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. So those, as you go through that model prayer, you will see adoration, confession, thanksgiving, and supplication. Now, personally, our children had a hard time understanding what supplication meant. So we explained it to them as requests or like things for yourself. You know, grant us guidance in this, um, that kind of thing. In the prayer link we receive here at church, um, it often, um, there's usually some in the back or they're handed out on Sundays. Um, There's an Acts prayer model every month based on the virtue of that month. So for example, last month in August, we received an Acts sheet on wisdom. So the adoration was from Jeremiah 10, 12, you founded the world by your wisdom. The confession was from Proverbs 13, 10. And wisdom is found by those who take advice. Forgive me for, and you have your children enter in what they feel that they should ask for forgiveness for. T is thanksgiving. I'm thankful you make the wise simple. That's from Psalm 19.7. 
And the S is now help me grow in wisdom and in stature and in favor with God and man. So that would be the supplication or request. And that's based on Luke's, Luke 2.52. So doing the Kid Quest Acts cards with our children helps familiarize them with scripture as well as teaching them how to pray. So it's kind of a double duty. Um, third is to forgive and ask forgiveness. That's a hard one for everyone, myself especially. Um, We should explain to our children what forgiveness means. It's a big concept to grasp for small and older children, as well as for many adults. It's okay if it takes some time for the hurt to go away, but forgiveness is important. Matthew 6.14 says, For if you forgive other people when they sin against you, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others their sins, your Father will not forgive your sins. So... Um, We should forgive our children when they make a mistake. And I mean truly forgive them, not just tell them we forgive them and then seethe about it for hours or days. I myself find myself doing that, especially when it's something that happens over and over. But we should say we forgive them and truly mean it. And if that's something we need to work on, then that's something we should pray about. This also applies to spouses, probably especially spouses for many people, family, friends, and coworkers. When we make a mistake, we should also immediately apologize and ask for forgiveness. This is especially true with our children. I think we often maybe apologize, but don't say, will you forgive me? And I feel like, A, it teaches them that we are not perfect and we make mistakes, but also it models the behavior that we would like them to learn. Fourth is parent with grace. Ephesians 2.8 says, For by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not your own doing. It is a gift from God. Not only should we teach our children about Jesus, but Jesus should affect how we parent our children. I recently read this on the blog whenyourise.com, and I could not possibly agree more. As Desiree, the blogger behind the, that blog, says... When I parent with grace, I'm preaching the gospel to myself and my child on a day-to-day, sometimes moment-to-moment basis. I'm reminding us both that we're not going to get this right. Practice. I want my kids to see that we cannot earn this. Practice will not make perfect. I know I've tried. What a beautiful thing to show my kids that even though there are rules in this house, there is grace when they are broken. That does not mean that there are not consequences. It means we try to look to Jesus to put things in perspective when they go wrong. Now, ways to actually put that into practice and parent with grace is first and foremost to stay calm when your child misbehaves. As Vicki has suggested many times in her happy heart section, you should make rules and consequences beforehand and make them age appropriate. So if they're two or three, make two or three rules with set consequences. Then both you and your child know what the consequence is when a misbehavior takes place. It helps our children know what to expect, and it helps us not to react out of anger or frustration. Secondly, to parent with grace, when age and situation appropriate, explain to your child a time you made a similar mistake and how you rectified the situation. It doesn't have to be the same facts, but perhaps it can be, you know, something with a friend or something that happened at school and how you overcame it and maybe it would help them figure out what they should do in their situation. And third, you should pray together to overcome the obstacle, temptation, or misbehavior. 
So for this month's activities in your booklet, I have included experiments you can do with your children that explain the concepts of sin and Jesus, specifically how Jesus forgives us and cleanses us of our sins. I did each of these activities with my girls, but specifically chose ones that can be done with much older children too. I think the depth of explanations will vary based on age, as well as how much of the experiment you do versus your child. However, as I was a lawyer in my past life, I'm going to disclaim there's one that involves fire, and I do not suggest you let your child handle the fire, the lighter, or the lip paper. If you want to, that's your choice, but I just felt like I had to have my liability class. <laughs> so... Um, The instructions and the explanations are in your magazine, so you can follow them at home. Um, But I will briefly explain them here, and then I'll give out a kit minus a lighter to one mom for each of the three experiments. So if you have a one, a two, or a three on a little, like, burlap sticker on your name tag, then these are for you up here. So first is the soda experiment. For this one, you will need a bottle of soda, a clear glass, buttons, and a spoon. You fill the clear glass with soda. You have your children drop the buttons down into the soda. The buttons should sink, but after a few minutes, they will rise back to the top. You then remove the buttons with a spoon. And to explain that to our kids, you would say that the glass is us. The soda is where we hide our sin like within ourselves, or things we do to conceal our sin. The buttons are our sins, and the spoon is Jesus. So we may push our sin down inside of us or try to hide it through an action like a lie or something, but often it bubbles back up to the surface. The only way to remove that is to ask for forgiveness, and then Jesus, the spoon, will scoop that sin away. So the next one is the chocolate sauce experiment. You will need chocolate syrup, which I had to go, my husband has a secret stash of chocolate syrup, because if our children know that chocolate syrup exists in our house, um, they want chocolate milk for every single meal, and I, I love my husband dearly, but I must say he introduced it to them while I was out of town, but I'm the one every day who gets to say no to it, <laughs> but excuse me, but, um, but he drinks chocolate milk after he runs, supposedly there's scientific um, evidence that that's good for you, but I think it's an excuse to do it. But uh, but I had to go like sneak it out of the garage and put it in another container and then pour it on their hands so they didn't see that we actually keep it in the house. So, anyways, talking about lies and sin. Um, <clears throat> do as I say, not as I do, please. Um, so you pour chocolate over your children's hands, and then you ask them to describe how it feels. My kids, or how it looks and feels. So my kids described it as dark sticky, and that it's spread out over their hands over time. And you note that in a short amount of time, it will spread, even slipping through their fingers. Then you have them wash, or my kids tried to lick, but I made them go get soap and water and wash it off. So to explain it, the chocolate sauce equals our sin. You know... It, it will spread over time, even if you do nothing, and it will slip through your fingers. It also Sin is also dark and can put you in sticky situations. I did think it was interesting, too, that it almost spread in a, in a cross-like pattern. And we did talk about that Jesus died for our sins by having stakes driven through his hands, right, where the chocolate sauce was. Um, and then we explained that soap is Jesus, and he cleanses us of our sins. So that's that one. 
And the third one is the balloon versus bottle experiment. This is the fire one. So you will, I actually first saw this at, my dear friend Rebecca Richmond did it at MOPS last year. She's not here today, but I promised I would give her credit anyways that I did get it from her. Um, you need a glass bottle like an old Frappuccino or Snapple bottle, a balloon, water, straw, a small piece of paper, and a lighter. So you fill the balloon with water so it's slightly larger than the opening of the bottle. Then you have your child or children try to push the balloon into the bottle. It shouldn't be able to fit. If it does, you need to put more water. Um, then you, you, know, we, you ask them what happened. didn't fit. So then you carefully light a small piece of paper and drop it inside the bottle. Then you set the balloon on top of the bottle while the paper is still lit, and it will suck the balloon into the bottle, the pressure. Then you have your children, once there's no more fire, it's not hot, nothing, then you have your children try to pull the balloon back out of the bottle, and it won't come back out on its own. So then you hold the balloon up, put the straw under it, and there are pictures um, in the booklet that show you how to do it. So you hold the tip of the balloon, put the straw under it, the website says it will come right out then. I personally had to carefully blow into the straw to get um, the pressure equalized. And I will say it was a little bit like smoky, not the most pleasant experiment, but it lasted like two seconds. So anyways, but if you do that, then the, bottle, the balloon will pop right out of the bottle. And the way to explain that is that it's easy for us to get sucked into the world. And once we are sucked into the world, we cannot get out by ourselves. Jesus, as the straw, provides a way out of the world and into his light. Let me just find my other paper now. Okay, so if you have a one, the soda experiment right here is yours. If you have a two, the chocolate sauce is yours. And if you have three, the balloon one is yours. So um, you can come up when I'm done and grab your bags. Um, in closing, it should be our mission as moms to teach these important concepts to our children. I was looking for a particular verse to close with, and while I knew the words themselves, I wanted to be able to properly cite the chapter and verse. So I got out my trusty Bible Gateway app on my phone, so I could search for the site using the text of it. Lo and behold, the exact verse was the verse of the day um, on the app, so God must really want to be sure you hear it. Proverbs 22.6, and I prefer the King James Version, as it's the one I grew up hearing, is train up a child in the way he should go, and when he is old, he will not depart from it. Thank you.